Welcome. I'm Steve Rees, the bull of American broadcasting, alongside the great Chris Morganti. We're very excited this week because an old friend of the show makes a return appearance in the form of the 1992 made-for-TV motion picture Terror on Track 9. It's been an historical week, has it not, Chris? Yes. In other news, Queen Elizabeth II died this past week. In tribute to the long-reigning monarch, women around the world plan a one-minute moment of silence, followed by a 30-second break from shopping. Which once again proves my theory, women love shopping. All right. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. Be nice. That ain't working. I want you to be nice. That ain't working. And you'll both be nice. <laughs> so much as my uh, wife was a giant. But um... I want you to be nice. Until it's time to not be nice. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's the way you do it. <laughs> the Reese Company. All right, crack open a tepid Genesee. Watch the pictures as they travel through your neighbor's Wi-Fi tonight. We're going to be talking about Terror on Track 9. Yes, based on a, a series of novels starring or featuring Detective Richard Janik. Is that the name of the fella? Janik, yes. Yeah. Now, was that something you had known about prior to seeing this film? No. Did you know that this was a series of made-for-TV motion pictures? No, I didn't know any of that. Okay. Shall, uh, we, hit, shall we hit the intro? Sure. For the movie of the week of the week. Terror on Track 9, co-produced by Aaron Spelling. You're a big fan of his work. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, Beverly Hills 90210, as well as the series Charmed. Yeah. Can't say I'm a fan of some of his other work, but, you know, you, you have hits and misses. Right? I thought that might have influenced your choice of this film, because you did choose this one. No, I didn't, I didn't realize until the end credits that he had anything to do with this. But, yeah. Well, we're bringing it all back home with this one, Chris. We are. Because the uh, lead actor is Richard Crenna, star of well, Deadly Justice. Uh, or, well, it had an alternate title. He but. played the lead role in Deadly Justice. Yeah, okay. All the right. film we discussed in episode one, our very first movie of the week of the week. Right. And just like in Deadly Justice, in uh, this film, he plays a man in law enforcement, but he's not Richard Beck. Right. He's, as you mentioned, Lieutenant Frank Janek. Now, I half believe it is Richard Beck. He just fled Seattle and changed his name after all the <laughs> locker room jokes uh, that, uh, about the events in uh, Deadly Justice. Yeah. And uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, check out episode one of The Rees Company, where we discuss Deadly Justice. But we should warn you, here's a little content warning. That film contains a Deadly Justice. Yeah. So this role... Uh, man on man Deadly Justice, oh, too. Boy. So, 
you know. The um, uh, Lieutenant Janik is one Krenna played periodically in made-for-TV movies from 1985 to 1994. Yeah, there were se- they made seven of these. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And uh, CBS wanted him to play the character in a weekly series. Hmm. But Krenna disagreed. Uh, he believed uh, that the other characters would be, in his word, degraded if they were seen more regularly. Yeah, that makes no sense. So I'm going to assume money was involved in that decision. Possibly, because yeah. if this if this character if these characters were all in a series of novels, the characters had already been developed. They right. could have just taken them out of the novels and put them on the small screen. Yeah, sounds like he was making what the money they offered him for the series was the same he was already making for these movies, really the occasional uh, film, but with like three times the work. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the right uh, creative move. Right. Yeah. Right. Now. Terror on Track 9 is also notable for answering this unasked question, Chris. Does Swoozie Kurtz know if she's like Pac-Man? Stay I, with us to see what that means. And uh, I guess maybe I'll have if to. you do, please let us know. Drop us a comment and let us know what that means. Uh, in Terror on Track 9, Lieutenant Janek, he's on the case of a serial murderer staking out a very public place for prey. The subway? Grand Central Station. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, someone is shooting up unsuspecting travelers with fatal doses of heroin and leaving behind a calling card. In fact, let's see the first murder we get to witness. some glitter on the scene yeah does heroin act that fast i don't know <laughs> well that much heroin it's a fatal dose okay so potentially yeah by the way we're what it six? may induce cardiac arrest at that uh that scene was like five minutes dosage. in right yeah yeah no dialogue you didn't miss any dialogue so far really bothers you five, five minutes you can't have a single word i don't know <laughs> but uh, the story is told through pictures chris yeah okay i, I don't know all right, so... Uh, it seemed drawn out to me. You may have noticed, as the killer struck, the shot uh, kind of flickered. You were seeing the murderer, and you were also seeing another image. Uh, I did not notice this. Uh, well, uh, we'll get a closer look at the end of the show, so hey, stick around. Okay. Uh, so Janik, he arrives on the scene with Sergeant Greenberg. The medical examiner, examiner is already there. Hello? How's business? Hi, Frank. Good to see you. Sorry I can't shake your hand. Classic case of a heroin overdose. I I don't understand. I'm no detective, but does it make sense that they would, at this point, consult 1986 Indy 500 winner Bobby Rahal? I don't. Okay, can can we see the photograph, Jim? Three women overdose in Grand Central. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what he's contributing to this. He is an odd person solving this case. to consult in this yeah. situation. He wouldn't be the first call I made. No. <laughs> okay, let's see the rest of the scene. 
in three days, that's no big deal. This glitter, mm. kinky little touch, ain't it? Yeah, you and your team are going to be working overtime, Jenny. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Janik. What happened? Who's she? Leslie Wynn, a new crime reporter for Channel Six. Lieutenant Janik, could this be the work of a serial killer? No comment. You want me to tell the public that three women have died here in the last three days and the homicide detective in charge has no comment? Ms. Renner, when I have a statement to make, you'll be the first one to know. Aaron, would you please escort Ms. Renner from the city? The people of New York City want to know that the NYP... Yeah. Gen X correct. Without the glitter, this should just be considered a drug overdose. Uh, right. Death by misadventure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, that's also our first encounter with Leslie Renner. Renner, I assume she's named after the town in South Dakota, played by Joan Van Ark. She's an irksome reporter who shows up from time to time and demands answers from Janik. She's led away by Sergeant Greenberg. We just saw that. He takes uh, quite a liking to her. Yeah. Janik, he has a whole staff of detectives on the case, one of whom is played by Ving Rames. Uh he was in Pulp Fiction, right? He, he was. Yeah, all right. He was. Did you catch his character's name? No. Jelly. Okay. That's odd. Is that a nickname? Uh, I believe it's a nickname, okay. or it's a huge coincidence. Okay. Because uh, they call him Jelly, and he's almost always seen eating a jelly donut. Yeah, that's not a... Uh, the jelly donut is, in my opinion, one of the worst donut choices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't go with a Boston cream? Oh, those are the best. Or a Bavarian cream? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I hear uh, Jelly reminisces. Reminisces. Sure. He did that. <laughs> he reminisces. Yeah. Reminisces. Reminisces. That's it. Right. Jeez. <laughs> it's, it's been a really tough week, Chris. Yeah, I get it. Uh, <clears throat> he reminisces with his partner about a previous case. Let's see. Line three, cops. Zip. Man, this is weird. Reminds me of that guy who was going around shooting darts in the women's vines. What do we call him again? Darkman. <laughs> yeah, Darkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing he's not going to be cracking the case. <laughs> what was the name of that guy who killed people with darts? <laughs> What's some of them other villains we got? <laughs> Darkman. Son of Sam. Riddle. <laughs> And a few years later in Pulp Fiction, uh, he played another bright bulb who came up with this, <laughs> with this idea. Hey, John Travolta, take my wife out dancing. Yeah. Smart move. Uh, <clears throat> so after some legwork, uh, Janik <laughs> believes he has the latest Grand Central victim identified. He goes to Chief of Police Malesko to confirm. You got something? Yeah. Uh, anybody in your family named Joyce? Yeah, my brother Mike's daughter. Why, is she some kind of trouble? Dr. Lindenbrook identified her as the Jane Doe in that Grand Central thing last night. God. I'm sorry, Tom. I'm going to regret reminiscences for the rest of my career, Chris. Yeah. Letting you know that right now. I'm never going to forget that. 
and it's going to make me feel like a pretender and a failure for the rest of my life. All right. Well, I, I think you're being a little bit hard on yourself. <clears throat> well, in reaction to this news, the distraught now, now, chief. Did we, was it made explicit that that was his niece? That's his niece. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, the chief turns the case over to the feds. Uh, the chief not being the guy we just saw. Yeah, that's the chief. No, I thought his boss turned it over to the feds. Oh, see, the way I understood it, and I could be completely wrong. Um, I, I thought uh, he was so uh, upset about this, this crime hitting so close to home oh. that he called in the higher authority. Oh, you're probably right. I thought it, it, somebody went above his head, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm probably wrong. I'm probably, who even knows anymore? Yeah. Uh, so uh, It's the FBI, really not super important. The point is the feds are on the case now. Now, now they're on the case in, yeah. in the form of Special Agent Marsha Hobbs, played by Swoosie Kurtz. Mm. Amusing name. Amusing actress. Mm. It takes her a while to arrive. The city's in disarray because no one wants to get on a train except for the red hot chili peppers. So there's a traffic jam from Harlan to Jackson Heights. So uh, here comes Swoozie. She's a profiler. Let's, uh, let's hear what she has to say. We're dealing with an organized serial killer. Oh, really? These homicides are non-sexual, pre-planned, and victim selection appears random. The victims themselves represent low risk to the killer. What about the location? Grand Central Station, definitely high risk. The M.O.'s a little strange. Women traditionally poison. But poisoning by injection is violent, something a man would do. I have referenced every unapprehended serial offender through our profiling system. It all came together. The victimology, the hypodermic, the glitter. I've got your boy, Janet. His name's Randolph Quentin Darnell. Yeah. Well, case closed. All right. <laughs> uh, it's been a good time. I'll see you folks next week. <laughs> Not even half an hour in. Yeah. We have our perp. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so this Darnell cat uh, she just described, he's an escaped mental patient who's been on a killing spree across America. And it's only now, I guess, the FBI th- decides they should probably try to track this guy down. Right, yeah. Hey, let's get on that. Yeah. Now that he's added one victim to his list of dozens. <laughs> Which, by the way, they track him down that very night. Right, of course. But with the help of Jan X's team. He was actually moonlighting at the police station. <laughs> like, oh, there he is. <clears throat> so this uh, Darnell guy, he denies any involvement. Let's see some of this interrogation. Murder isn't some low little act of anger or passion. It's an art. My art. My signature is unique. Like Picasso's. Are you saying you didn't kill the four women in Grand Central? Strictly amateur hour. Work of an imposter. And how do you explain the syringes and the vials that we found in your room? They were for the imposter. He who lives by the sword should die by it. Yeah, I, this may be reminding folks of something else. Uh, don't. I'll get to that later, what it reminded me of. Okay. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, Swoozy continues to insist that Darnell is the serial murderer. Sure. They've been looking for. Uh, Janek seems to agree. And the Post even reports that the killer has been nabbed. Mm. But the perpetrator strikes again. 
this time targeting a deaf nun. That's enough for the chief of, the chief of police to, swin, to send Swoozy back to Arlington. A lot of W's in that sentence, Chris. You have to give me clemency for that. Her, her name is really Swoozy, not Swo- Susie? Swoozy Kurtz. W- weird. Has you it, never heard the name? Uh, no. That, you've heard that name before? Yeah, yeah. She's a well-known actress. Right, but who else has that name? I don't think anybody does. Uh, okay. It's a made-up name. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Janik objects to Swoozy going back to Washington, and he makes a case for her to be kept on the assignment. So she stays. Soon, Janek notices a commonality shared among the victims. Marsha, take a look at these. They're all wearing kerchiefs. Does that have any meaning or is it just a coincidence? It might be related in some way to the killer's mother. 90% 90% of the serial killers we profiled were abused by their fathers before adolescence. When they hit puberty, they transfer their rage onto the mother for failing to protect them. Hmm. Well, all right. That's interesting. Yeah, who knows? She might be on to something here. Right. Now, Sergeant Greenberg, remember, he's the guy who uh, likes the reporter, Joan Van Ark. Right. Yeah. Um, he has a date with her. Yeah. In his apartment. Yeah. And she's covering this uh, serial murder story every night on local television. Let's check in on them. I like this guy. So, He's smooth. He's coming up. Well, uh, this is off the record, right? Yeah, sure. I found the platinum blonde hair on the last victim. We know it came from a wig. I think I'm onto something. You think it came from the killer? Hey, you get one question, I get one question, okay? make you uncomfortable if I told you I had kind of a mini crush on you? That's a yes. No news is good news. I don't, I don't think you're reading the signs there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy reminds me of every one of my grandfather's friends. Not, not in the way he's acting, but just that look. Yeah. It was a very 80s look, you know, <laughs> for a man of middle age. I, I guess he's maybe younger, but he I don't know. Maybe it's those glasses make him look older. I don't know. That, that could be. It could be the chosen eyewear. I think he got him at the same store as Bobby Ray Hall. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, Greenberg reveals that strands from a wig were found at the scene of the most recent killing. Right. We do see that. We do see that occur, but our audience has not seen that. Right. Um, they found the wig maker, who was also incidentally a heroin dealer. And he provides his list of clients to law enforcement. Now, just like Sergeant Greenberg, Janek is also off-duty. Swoozy pays him a visit, and they grow closer. She's married, soon to be divorced. And from what I gather through their exchange, he's either been divorced or widowered for a long time. That was probably covered in a previous made-for-TV movie we did not watch. Yeah, it's pretty clear that this was not the first in the series of seven movies that they made because they assume you're already familiar with the characters. Yeah. And I guess that maybe we probably, had we known going in, we would have picked the first one, but we didn't know. No. So, yeah. We had no idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's hear part of their commiseration. I think you can handle it. Career. Marriage. And then one day. And one day you find yourself alone. Eating TV dinners. 
Is it worth it, Frank? I made my peace with him. I'm like Pac-Man, I feed on the game. Hmm. I don't know anymore if I am. Yeah, Chris, do you know if you're like Pac-Man? Is that, is that where this is coming from? I don't, I couldn't even, I don't know what they're talking about. What I got out of that was they're blaming their job as detectives for their failed marriages. Somehow you picked up on something about Pac-Man in there. I don't, I don't know. Yes, he says he's like Pac-Man. Okay. I assumed that makes no sense. So I probably thought he said something else. <laughs> because why would anyone say that? <laughs> but why does she say, I don't know? <laughs> she doesn't know if she's like Pac-Man. <laughs> I'm pretty confident, Chris, and I think perhaps you're you're like me in this regard. Okay, uh, I, I I'm pretty sure we can both say that we are nothing like Pac-Man. Yeah, I don't feel like I've never said. You know, I kind of feel like Pac-Man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that her proper response to that question should have been, hey, "Time for me to go." <laughs> oh, you're one of those dorks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're either intoxicated or a little bit nuts. So. <laughs> but yeah, we've got competing uh, romances going on here. We have Janik with this federal agent, and we have uh, my grandfather's friend with their reporter. Yeah. 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 And uh, that reporter goes public about a piece of a wig being found at the last murder scene, which we heard we heard Greenberg reveal to her. Yeah. So she's that was in confidence, off the record, as they say. Yeah. And she went and broadcast it to the whole city. Yeah. And uh, Janik and Swoozy, they're not best pleased. No. Greenberg admits to letting it slip. During his date with the reporter, when next he has a chance, Greenberg confronts her. Let's take a look at this. Well, 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 if it isn't Lucretia Renner. Well, Aaron, Matt, you got a problem? The problem is you and me. We need to have a little chat, huh? Look, Aaron, that last night. You used me, Leslie. You used you? Public has a right to know what's going on. Public have the right to come into my home, eat my food, play cutesy games with me, and betray my confidence. You knew what I did for a living. That's not journalism. You knew it was off the record. It's you my job to deliver I think the... I prefer hookers. They're straighter with their transactions. And let me tell you one more thing. What goes around comes around. And that you can quote me on. I gotta say, Steve, uh, I found his character to be the most interesting in this whole thing. And it makes me kind of want to watch more of these. Uh, I, I just, it'd be funny if he's always like trapped in some kind of loveless <laughs> failed romance in every episode. I, I, find, I would find that entertaining. But Well, what would his name be? See, uh, Jelly is called Jelly because he eats jelly rolls. Right. What, what, what would his nickname be? Probably, he could also be Jelly because he's jealous of, hey, I don't know. Pretty. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they said that 30 some years ago, but uh, 30 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Uh, so they've narrowed down this wig maker's uh, clientele to a prime suspect, an elusive customer who goes by the name of Giselle. Right. But they have no other information other than the name Giselle. They right. know nothing about her. Right. So Janik and Swoozy, uh, they go to visit the wig maker to find out if he has any further information on this mysterious Giselle. He doesn't answer the door, so this occurs. Mr. Dent? Dent, police! Are you in there? Dent! Touch it open. No damage to the door or the lock. 
Yeah. Check you know, upstairs. can we pause it? Because uh, this is the second time we see them breaking into someone's apartment. And the first time I noticed they did it very realistically. They they knocked out the dead the deadbolt first and then the knob. That's procedure? Uh, I would assume so. Like, I wouldn't have thought it until then. Like, oh, of course you have to take out both, right? Right. Um, but, yeah, they... I guess the police consultant was off when they shot this scene. Yeah, there's so, yeah. just uh, Janet kind of just blows on the door, yeah. and it flies open. <laughs> it probably was not even locked. So. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what, if he's not home, uh, that's quite a fire hazard, leaving all those candles lit. <laughs> yeah, very irresponsible. Yeah. Sort of home. Marcia. Too late, it says. Yeah. They got there too late to save him. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that turned out to be a misguided promotional stunt for Too Late with Adam Carolla. Oh. The short-lived Comedy Central talk show. Yeah, that's the wig maker. He's dead. And uh, since he was in no position to point them toward Giselle, a little digging around the apartment shows payments Giselle had had, uh, made to her from a Chase account. So Janik and Swoozie head to the downtown branch. There it is. We received a cashier's check drawn by a Mrs. Arthur... Zauber, Bluebell, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, Dutch country. Are you investigating some sort of money laundering scheme or? She says Bluebell, Chris. Yeah, she does sell Bluebell, say Bluebell, but what they mean is Blue Ball, which is a town in, yeah, see, Jim's laughing, but uh, that's a town in Dutch, Pennsylvania, Dutch uh, country. country. Yeah, yeah. Bluebell is a mile from where I used to live. Yeah, it's, it's not, not far. And yeah. we both reside in the same county as Bluebell. Right. My bank's there, trust me. It's not a Pennsylvania Dutch uh, community yeah. by any stretch. But Blue Ball is, I don't I know. I think there's a target. I don't know why they, uh, maybe she just mispronounced she it. She mispronounced I, it, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe she had a rough week, too. So we all make right. mistakes, Chris. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, uh, so they travel to Blue Bell, which turns out to be Blue Ball. Right. And they meet with uh, the woman who has signed these checks. By the way, in case people don't know, Pennsylvania Dutch country means Amish country. Right. Yeah. The, I guess the Amish originally came from Germany, Deutschland, so they became Pennsylvania Dutch. But it's just Amish. It just means Amish people. But like it's that. not strictly speaking Amish. I think it also includes Mennonites. Well, yes, Mennonites as well, yeah. And I guess up until... Fairly recently, there were just people who never learned to speak English and spoke German just to spite the United <laughs> States. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, it's synonymous with Amish people. And that's also why they use the term out among the English when they refer to us. Right. Not that we're English people, that well, we speak English. We sort of are, but well, some uh, of us. Yeah, some of us are. <laughs> um, others. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's, see, let's see this uh, conversation. Mrs. Zauber, I'm Frank Janik, and this is Ms. Hobbs. We're police officers. We'd like to talk to you and your husband, if you could spare us a few minutes. Arthur is helping a neighbor deliver the car. What do you want to talk about? 
We have reason to believe that you sent some money to a person that we're trying to locate. Don't remember sending money to anyone. You sent a thousand dollars to an L. Zauber, Chase Manhattan Bank, 5th of July this year. Is that your signature? Yeah. This person may have been the victim of foul play. We just want to find her. Mrs. Albert, did you send the money to a relative? Yeah. Lorelei. Who's Lorelei? My daughter. It is a crime to send money to your daughter? No, ma'am, it's not. Mrs. Zauber, forgive me for saying this. You seem to live very simply. thousand dollars is a large sum of money. Where did you get it? Once a week, I go to Philadelphia to sell cheeses and baked goods that I make. This money also lets me keep for myself. I had been saving for a long time. When did you last see Lorelei? Not for many years. Mrs. Albert. Can you tell me what happened? No, I was not like the other girls around here. She, she was rebellious. She, she, she found... All right, can we, can we stop it here? And she went I, to town. She, she... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this, Steve, because I assume this is a fake accent, and she does such a poor job of it, it's hard to understand what she's saying. So I'll summarize. Uh, she sent this money to her daughter, Lorelai, who lives in New York City who we assume is also Giselle, right? Mm. Um, to go to school? Okay, whatever. Um, and and this whole, this scene continues for a while where it comes about that the father abused Lorelai, Giselle. Um, and I, I picked this spot to go on a rant about how much I hate the Amish. So deal with that, folks. Hey, good um, news. They're not likely to see this. <laughs> Well, them and everyone else. But <laughs> here's the thing. People who don't, we, we live very close to Amish. I lived closer when I was a child. I would see them going to church in their horses and buggies on Sunday mornings. Um, people who don't know them have this image of them that it's this quaint thing that, you know, is, you know, tourists go there. Uh you know, they eat their homemade foods and whatnot. Like, it's something positive. These people are awful, okay? I mean, Amish. They, if you had, a, if somebody had a gay son and said, uh, you're, I'm not going to talk to you anymore, we would all agree that that person is a terrible human being. But the Amish do this on a regular basis. If you don't embrace their stupid lifestyle, they shun you. you your family will no longer talk to you. All the friends you had growing up will no longer talk to you. Um, and for some reason, they get a pass on this awful behavior. They don't even pay taxes. Figure that out. They don't pay income taxes. She goes to Philadelphia and sells her whatever the hell. Uh, that's, that's a real thing. They do that all the time. They don't pay taxes on any of this stuff. I'm, I'm calling them out here. Screw the Amish. I've had enough of you. All right, we can continue. Well, maybe they'll stumble upon one of the transcripts of this show from Burrell's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they'll find out how you feel. Or I could just go scream it at them on the, on the edge of their farm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can actually skip. Uh, wait, hold on. Oh, no, no, no. No, we can't. Uh, yeah, this is the one. Uh, let's continue. Here's Darnell again. 
told you you'd come back begging Agent Hobbs, didn't I? Ugh. This scene. We need to know about the glitter, Randall. We need to know what it means. You mean you want to know what it means to the imposter? You say so. What's in it for me? A remand back to Atascadero? Instead of maximum security at Marion. That's tempted. I prefer the climate of Southern California. But that's not good enough. What do you want? What I always wanted. Bait me. FBI. Special Agent. Marsha Hobbs. Bait me. Can we stop it there? Have you seen this before? I did when it was called Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Released the same year. Yep. Obvious copycat. This probably was not in the novel that this was based on. They probably just threw this scene in there. Hey, Silence of the Lambs is popular. Let's add this. It's such a ripoff. I was kind of enjoying the movie up until this point. This is such a blatant ripoff. It took me out of everything. You know. And this is where you split with it. Yeah. And then it deviated further. But, yeah. Okay. Well... Over some beers at Grand Central, Janik has an epiphany in the company of Swoozy. Just having some beers at the train station, like you do. Sure. I've had beers pretty much any place you could name, so Uh, I I get it. I've had had them on trains. No sound. The train leaving for New Haven has been canceled. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, I needed this. Cheers. There she is. The police have no further leads in their pursuit of the Grand Central Killer. In a related story, Deputy Mayor Vargas' office announced that Chief Tom Malesko, who had been directing the case, has been temporarily suspended from duty. On Wall Street today, the Bulls were in Frank. first control as the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 22 points Frank. to close what is it? at 3340. Volume of active, she seeks fame and glory. That's something Darnell said. Yeah. And that wraps it up for the 11 o'clock news. I'm Leslie Renner standing in for Julia. And by Darnell, you mean uh, Hannibal the cannibal. Yeah, the stand-in for Hannibal Lecter in this yeah. uh, motion picture. So, Joan Van Ark, she's about to go on the air. Okay. Now, we just saw her on the air. Right. But I guess this is a later newscast. Yeah. And uh, Janek pays her a visit in the makeup room. Did you ever run across anybody named Giselle in your travels? I meet a lot of people in my work, Janek. Well, this Giselle bought heroin from a guy named Zachary Dent. Did you ever meet him? No, of course I didn't. What is this? He's also a wig maker. You see, we believe that the Grand Central Killer wears wigs that were made by Dent. Wigs like this one, Scoop. Oh, Scoop. Hmm. Get Finkel in here to make up right now. Giselle left some loose ends that led us to a family named Zauber in Pennsylvania. They had a daughter named Lorelei that disappeared a while ago. What is it? Would you get them out of here? What's going on, Janik? Look, she's got to go on the air. You told me you just wanted to ask a couple of questions. No, I'm sorry. We can finish our chat after the show, Leslie. Or should I say Giselle? Ooh, 
So, so uh, Swoozie does a pretty cool move. What does she do? She brings uh, the reporter's mother to the set. Oh. Which I'm sure must have been a huge pain having to take the steps. <laughs> but upon seeing her mother, uh, Joan, a.k.a. Leslie, a.k.a. Giselle, has a breakdown. Heather Kovar style. Yeah, Heather Kovar style. Here we see her father abusing her. As a child. What is she saying? Help you. She never helps you. I'll be the one to take care of you. I'll be the one who helped you. She's playing all the roles. I'll help classroom. you. Okay. We do have a still shot of this. Okay. And uh, I, I don't think we need to bring it up because we saw it pretty clearly in that flashback. Okay. You see the guy who looks like Naughty Holder? That's actually her father beating her. Oh, okay. And during the first killing, in fact, during all of the killings, we only watched um, the one killing. Yeah, on this show. Yeah. It flickers back and forth, as I said at the top of the show, between uh, the murderer and another person. You can't quite make out. Oh, okay. And that person turns out to be her father when you see him beat her here. That's the memory she's reliving as she's murdering her victims. Oh, I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's a nice touch. Uh, you know what's not a nice touch, Steve, is uh, how ridiculous this whole thing is. The whole case hinged on the check that her mother wrote to her, right? Mm-hmm. She's a local news personality. She needed to go to her estranged mother, who's Amish, to borrow $1,000 to buy heroin and glitter in order to pull off her crime scheme. You can't, you can't spare heroin and glitter in your TV personality budget? It's a, it's a whole thing makes no sense. Well, New York City is an expensive place. I mean, eat a sandwich instead of... Uh, you know, a restaurant meal once in a while. There you go. There's, there's, all the gli- there's all the glitter you'll ever need. Or get a free meal from a sergeant. Yeah. Which, uh... Right. <laughs> uh, so the whole thing is... It's, it's a, they made up this stupid mechanism for him to be able to solve the crime. Right. Stupid. Yeah, so she goes to jail. Case closed. Everybody goes home. Anything else you want to say before we rate it? Is that really the end? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the fed the federal agent lady, Marsha, I guess. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, she made makes up with her husband, and that's the end of her romance with Janik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's so we can have a new one on the. See, I don't know, but I think he might have been like James Bond, right? Where there's a romance in every film. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that was what Janik was in the TV movie world. I would I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You want to go ahead and rate it? Okay, I'll, I'll rate it. 
Uh, one Meredith Baxter. Wow, that's low, man. I'll tell you why. Nothing, terror or otherwise, actually takes place on any track, let alone nine. Right. Yeah, that's a weird. That was a weird name. Yeah. So screw this production and all involved. <laughs> also, when I watched this film and when I compiled my notes, I was in a lot of pain. Chris. Yeah. I've had a. I've had this uh, neck and back and shoulder and um, elbow tension. For about three weeks now. I got you. Yeah. And we actually canceled the previous, uh, the, our previously scheduled recording. Right. Because um, because it, I, I just couldn't imagine sitting in a car for the half an hour it takes to get here. Right. So uh, I, I've recovered somewhat from that. That will, being sick and watching a movie will ruin that movie. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure I was uh, just blatantly unfair. I'm admitting yeah. why I'm you, giving it that rating. You've never given a one star No, I'm giving one this one, one because this movie to me will always bring back <laughs> memories of just intense physical agony. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I can't, I can't possibly like this. Uh, Chris, what's your take? All right. Well, then leave it to me to judge this fairly. Okay. One, one Meredith. Oh, have you given a one before? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you give them all ones. <laughs> yeah, I probably have. Yeah. I, I think I usually go one and a half because I feel there's some redeeming quality. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go one on this because I feel like maybe we'll see some more. They made seven of these. Maybe we'll see some more. And uh, this has to be the worst, right? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, in that case, anything we didn't talk about you might want to talk about. No, I, th- I think uh, that's enough. Well, in that case, I think we did. Thanks so much uh, for sticking around. Thanks for putting up with us. Again, if you can figure out why Swoozy Kurtz does not know whether or not she's like Pac-Man, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you next week. I'm Steve Rees. For Chris Morgani and Jim Corhan, Oski Wee Wee. Oski Wawa. Tigers. Eat them raw. We did it, Sal. Uh... <laughs>